with Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So I had this dream. Uh oh. <laughs> what? Well, it's never good when things start that way. <laughs> I was in a comic shop, looked an awful lot like Zeus Comics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was with some friends and. Uh, oh, that's how we know it's a dream. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, this other comic shop that we might like to visit, you know, while we're out and about at comic shops. And uh, Richard at Zeus Comics says, you know, as we're getting ready to walk out the front door, he says, hey, you don't don't go across town. Go through the catacombs. Oh. And I said, what? He says, yeah. And he points to this door that I've never noticed before there at the comic shop. And so we open it up and it leads down this spiral stairway down into these, you know, this this giant hall, you know, very much like the Mines of Moria, you know, with the giant vaulted arched ceilings, you know, the the, uh, you know, great big, uh, you know, carvings in the wall and that kind of thing. And just, you know, you're you're just tiny in this gigantic space. And, you know, there's just very dimly lit, like, uh, you know, little torches on the walls. And it leads you, it led us to another comic shop. This one, Midtown Comics in Manhattan. And come to discover that all the comic shops, all the Eisner award-winning comic shops, Uh. are linked via this vast catacomb system that defies time and space. I mean, that's I mean, you kind of always knew that was true, right? Yeah, I mean, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't suspect it's such a thing. Yeah. But you notice it's just the Eisner award winning, not that. Yeah, it's, not that I mean, it's, it's one, comic. <laughs> exactly. It, 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 your, your, you know, uh, hot, cold hot dog eating uh, uh, <laughs> uh, comic shop yeah. is not going to be linked via the vast catacomb system, the Eisner award winning catacomb system uh you know connecting all the comic shops but uh <laughs> but it was wild i woke up and I'm like that's the weirdest damn dream they have, have to, to have, see. they have to have something to keep them in business <laughs> and you know you know breaching time and space that does it for them that's what yeah. keeps them in business so you know uh, ask we've uncovered ask. your secret zeus comics <laughs> midtown <laughs> comics midtown comics if uh, that's your real name uh-huh very Illuminati of you, Aaron. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I, I am certain that the reason why I, I had part of this dream uh, was because I, you know, watched Fellowship of the Ring earlier this week, and you know, they, they could be they related venture, somehow. Yeah, they, they venture through the mines of Moria, and uh, I, I, I was amused. I ha- was was watching, you know, Fellowship. And, you know, my wife's, you know, says, well, I'm going to go clean the kitchen, you know, before we go to bed. You you just, you know, stay here, watch your movie, you know, finish it up and come along. I'm like, well, there's another two hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the ex- and she's like, two hours. How long is this movie? I'm like, well, this is the extended edition. So it's extra long. <laughs> <laughs> Not as long as Return of the King. No, no. But, but that uh, movie is so good. Just just which so one? good. The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah, I love Fellowship. I, I love all all three of them, but Fellowship. Yeah, but I find the first good. the first one is just when I when I want to revisit, kind of like when I want to revisit Star Wars, I go to Star Wars, or I go yeah. to something of the original trilogy. It's not like I'll just yeah. like randomly watch Attack of the Clones. Right. Um. Not. But when purpose. I want to, re- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when I want to revisit, um, like the Lord of the Rings, that's the one I I, I will tend to. Oh go yeah. To. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest, for the second movie, sometimes I would put it in and just watch uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep, uh, not Battle the rest of, Helms, of the movie. Yeah. Battle of Helm's Deep is the whole reason to watch Two Towers. Uh, that's yeah. legit. The my I, I love all three movies. I, let me just say that up front before I say say the next thing. But sometimes <laughs> all all of the very earnest looks between Frodo and Sam wear on. Um, and I, I got also, you know, Peter Jackson lives in these. Hey, let's look at this glorious thing for a really long time. You know, let's it's almost like the, you know, Enterprise flyby in um, Star Trek motion picture. But it's just all the time. <laughs> you know, we're going to call up Shadow Facts. He's just a white horse, but we're going to watch him come to us really slowly <laughs> and watch all of his <laughs> glorious mane, you know, blow in the wind. He's the. And we, we talked like that. was the perfect director to do it Tolkien. Just, right? It just. You know, when you think of how, you know, with all the extended editions, what, it's 12 hours worth of, of film, uh, yeah. it just becomes very wearing when everything you're looking at is, let's look at this thing and slow <laughs> and whisper about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everyone needs a bath in that movie. I'm like, OK, Aragorn, seriously, wash your hair. <laughs> Brush your teeth, Aragorn. Yeah, that's right. Good God, coming here to Elf Town. <laughs> <laughs> they like them dirty in Elf Town. They do. They do like they're dirty men. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know how we got off the track so fast. Well, let's talk about a different trilogy, Aaron. Uh-huh. Yes. We should talk go. about the conclusion of the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, which is now out in theaters. Yeah, it's been out, what, two weeks now? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, about two weeks. Um, First off, I've got to say, I loved me the first Guardians movie. Not so much the second Guardians movie. I mean, it was fine. I feel the same. But it wasn't, it was not on par with the first one. I thought the Guardians 3 was a nice return to form. I uh, very much enjoyed uh, Guardians 3. Just, a, just a, at the top of my comments here. Uh yeah, I, it's always just a preface. Before we get negative, yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I genuinely enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I thought the, you know, I, I have very few concerns with the lead cast. I will say, right. Chris yeah. Pratt does great as Star Lord. Um, for me, Karen Gillan. I mean, she's just the perfect Nebula. I, I really the the main cast of characters, especially Cosmo. Just, I mean, they 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 showed up. And they did probably the best job that they've done acting in yeah. the whole trilogy. You know what? I walked out of the movie and I was just like, wow, that was great. You know, I mean, I just super enjoyed it. I had a good time. Felt like it was time well spent and immediately put on a podcast where they reviewed the the uh, the film. And this is the uh, you know pop culture happy hour podcast uh, from NPR. And it's like they watched a completely different movie. I'm I'm frequently stunned at how I can have such a a a, a different opinion than uh, other reviewers, but they they're like oh you know there's too much backstory to have to keep up with and that's the complaint I'm hearing a lot about the Marvel movies in general now that it's too hard to keep up with all this backstory there's too much continuity you know uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'll come back to that in just a moment. 
But they also said, you know, in, in support of there, there's too much continuity that you would have had to have watched the Guardians holiday special on Disney Plus in order to have understood Cosmo. And I'm going to call bullshit because num- number one, number one, if you're seeing a Marvel movie, you're a Disney Plus subscriber. You've already seen the Guardians holiday special. Number two, <laughs> they gave you all the information you needed about all the characters in this film. Yeah. Um, th- there was no uh, like I got to I got to understand what happened in the Infinity War. They tell you everything you need to know in the body of this film. And I'm and I'm sorry, the the entire concept of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it is an interconnected universe. If That's you don't like we'll watch it. Exactly. And if you don't like it, not the film franchise for you. Not every movie is for everyone. But I would say that, you know, a lot of people like this kind of thing because the MCU is so successful. And I can see, you know, that a movie could not be new uh, watcher friendly. For instance, I'm going to say Avengers Endgame, probably not a good first time movie experience. Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> but, you know, I think people know that, you know, and I think people like having, you know, 20 uh, some movies or more, however many there are now, uh, you know, th- that they can watch and, and to tell a, a an ongoing, forward-driving, interconnected story. I just, I got super annoyed by that. And then one of the reviewers says, and, you know, for some reason, Rocket has a traumatic background. And, you know, like this just came out of nowhere. I'm like, you know, they have hinted about this background since the first time we met Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. I mean, if you've watched the movies... It's always been there. I hate reviewers sometimes. I do too. I just like, God, yeah. made me so, so very angry. Well, and, you know, I've seen the, the Guardians holiday special. I don't believe you need to see that to see anything no. else. I enjoyed no. it, but yeah. nothing new was presented. No, it was just a fun story. Yeah, I just, I, I got super annoyed. And the, the point that I'm trying to make is I just, I think Guardians uh, volume three is a surprisingly strong story uh, and wrapping up this quote trilogy of films that I really I have a hard time categorizing it as a trilogy other than that there are three volumes because so much of their story occurs outside of their movies. Right. You yeah. know, you, you, you've got a lot of important stuff that happens to these characters in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Uh, that, you know, I feel like it's not really fair to call it a trilogy, but I, 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 I super enjoyed it. And I got to tell you the, it was hard to watch some of the animal cruelty. Yeah. And I, you know, that, that's one bit of feedback that I yeah. feel like, um, it, it's, and I, here's the thing that stuff doesn't get to me as much as it does. Most other folks. I don't love it to human like beings. Yeah. Forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, you know, but it, it it's pretty rough in this film, I would say. It is Even rough. Cruelty. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they make you like each one of those characters so much, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, you know, you're like, oh, don't make me like her so much. I know you're going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> she's not in the she's not in the present. I know yeah. what happened. Yeah. Yeah. We can we can guess what's going to happen to the walrus in the in the wheelchair. We get it, <laughs> you know, Uh but I really enjoyed it. And I got to tell you, the CG was fantastic. Yes, I, I was definitely re- spent some time, you know, getting that right. 
Yeah, it was. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a nice way for James Gunn to leave the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This being his last film there, uh, I thought I thought it was really well done. I I, I, I super enjoyed it. And uh, I, Paul, did you see the preview for Marvels? I did see the preview for the Marvels. I, I, I thought it looked pretty cool. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I don't Is know there how I feel about preview? it. preview? No, same preview that I think aired. But like it was just month, nice to see it. The, yeah, it was uh, just nice to see yeah. it on the big screen. Yeah, I have to say the uh, the actress that plays Ms. Marvel, I I think she's going to steal that movie. Mm-hmm. I love everything she does in that trailer. Yeah, it, well, looks, it know, looks really sharp. Speaking of Ms. Marvel, Wayne, you may want to take your headphones off. I don't know. I leave it up to you. It's out there. It's public knowledge. So I'm warning you. <laughs> But in this week's upcoming Amazing Spider-Man issue 26, apparently Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, dies. What? It's all over the news. So if I'm spoiling it for you, don't open Instagram. Don't open Twitter. It's all over the news. Marvel already spoiled it um, because they're making a big media event out of it. And, yeah, it's going to be followed up with one of those fallen friend miniseries type things. But apparently that happens in this week's. You know, the, the, this week is supposedly the big issue of Amazing Spider-Man 26 that reveals all um, and includes the death of Kamala Khan. It won't last and she'll be back no, by the time her movie won't. comes out. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. about to say, she's got a movie coming out, so I don't feel like it's going to last. But it, they, they, they do tend to kill characters off like within the t- like a little bit before a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's so obvious every time. But I mean, anyway, going back to Guardians, Aaron, I agree. I think the only I had very few issues with the film as far as like negative commentary. The only thing that I would say is um, absent the Infinity Stones. Right. Adam Warlock is just another character. You know, I, I was thinking about I that. He wasn't I, was, bad. I was really disappointed in the use of Adam Warlock here. But then I started thinking about it in the context of the comics. Because, you know, Adam Warlock's first appearance in the comic books was kind of similar. You know, yeah. he was just he was just rando guy. And then he starts, you know, becoming himself. And I and I wondered, you know, when we got to the end of the film and, you know, you learn about him, what you learn about him, like, oh, is that what they're doing here? Is, is you know, were we going to demonstrate him as, you know, rather two dimensional, um, you know, not really anybody of any kind of strong character. And now that character is being developed uh, you know, as we move forward, I, that, that's kind of what I was wondering. But, you know, it's it's a huge absence, him not having, you know, the soul gym. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I always like it. It's personal preference. Adam mm-hmm. Warlock, as represented in the film, like you said, kind of similar to his first appearances. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's easy to think of Adam Warlock as this pivotal character in all these Infinity, you know, stone stories. But that's, you know, but when he first started, it's not like he was that. <laughs> right. Um, he was, he, you know, he evolved into that. My, you know, I think where, where, where my sadness comes in a little bit is that he can't evolve into that, um, you know, because that storyline already happened. I guess they could do Infinity Crusade. Right. <laughs> um, but we know that's not what they're building up to. They're building up to Secret Wars. However, you know, given all the Jonathan Majors drama, if you want to build up to Infinity Crusade instead. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to pivot and scrap all that Kang stuff, <laughs> um, all that than, Kang than, nonsense, than recast, yeah, all that. Kang I nonsense. have not heard about any of this drama, but uh, I did, I did watch a review of Guardians Three, and uh, the comment that they were making on it was that 
it felt like they wrote the movie, they wrote a incredible movie, and then somebody said, hey, didn't we tease that Adam Warlock was going to be in this? And then they a just threw bit. him into scenes where it could have been other characters. He actually... Just because they said said they were going to have him. I didn't feel that way at all. Um, he, he was kind of in the movie from the jump. But, you know, I, I, it's very much... He, he, it is a... Tran- I feel like the end of the movie is transformational for the character. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think the tell will be, do they do anything with it in future movies? Um, I assume they will. I assume that, you know, the faginess of it all doesn't, uh, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen in, in one of their movies unless it's intentional. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful we get to see something cool about Adam Warlock. But boy, you know, you'd really kind of hope that kind of thing would happen in the second act <laughs> of the film. Yeah. So you get to see him be cool versus realizing at the end of the film, hey, I could be cool. Maybe in another movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time, but yeah. not under James Gunn direction. But, you know, here's the thing. Again, um, the, where, where this where this leaves the characters was a very satisfying conclusion for the characters that it needed to conclude. Um, you know, yeah, we know some actors are open to returning. So, yeah, but you know, like what Zoe Saldana? Uh, yeah, she's done. She's done. She's hard out. So uh, we won't be seeing any more of her as Gamora. Yeah, but, you know, and, or Dave Batista as Drax. But again, where we leave those characters, I'm good. I'm good. I feel like feel like I'm good. And I, I got I, I found the wrap up for Drax to be particularly satisfying. Agreed. I, I was like, that is real. I, I, I did. I felt like that was really well done. I thought, all of them. I thought Nebula's yeah. was great. You know, yeah. I thought Drax's was great. I thought um, Mantis, you know, certainly leaves some open ended. But. Yeah, it, all all characters exhibited growth over these three movies, and that's one thing I really appreciated about it. My only complaint, and I'll leave it here. My only complaint, I needed more Cosmo. Oh yeah, of course we need the, more Cosmo. The bit between Sean Gunn and Cosmo, and <laughs> him him calling her a bad dog. You take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I loved that bit throughout the movie. Take it back. No, not gonna. You're a bad dog. I'd be lying if I said that. I said otherwise. Bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, speaking of, of this Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, that there's a new Avengers comic book that came out this week from writer Jeb McKay. He is the writer on Doctor Strange right now. He's written uh, I think he's also the writer on Moon Knight. He's written some stuff. He wrote that Taskmaster miniseries that we loved um, with art by C.P. Villa. Um, and, you know, it's a, a relaunch of the Avengers book, obviously post everything that's come through Judgment Day and Jason Aaron's, you know, concluding, you know, Jason Aaron has been on the book for a long time, wrapped up his run. This is the relaunch. Fresh come in. Um, you know, Aaron. Just because we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, I very much while reading this book, it bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> how much of it is, is is in how much of the dialogue is inspired by the movies? Uh, I can deal with the cast being inspired by the movies, like all the all the actors other than Black Panther. Um, in this, all the all the lead cast of characters is their interpretations as you see them in the movie for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, and almost their current state, like Falcon is Captain America. You know, I mean, I mean, it, like you can you can leave the Marvel cinematic universe and know who these characters are, even if they're in a different place, I should say in the MCU. Um, And they very much act like their movie counterparts, but there were just, there were lines in here that were straight up cribbed from, uh, from the movies. And it just bugged the hell out of me. 
things like we call ourselves the Avengers. It's a warning. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> and that was on page two. <laughs> that mm-hmm. bugged me because I know that was straight from the Avengers movie by Joss Whedon. And so uh, the, I, I don't I understand you know the, the cohesion between comics and movies. This one played it a little too much for me. Um, overall, I think the book was was well drawn. And it was a fine Avengers comic. It's not going to it didn't, you know, knock my socks off as far as, oh, this is something I've never seen before in the Avengers. Um, but if you are, uh, you know, if you are entering comics from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know who these characters are enough. You can hop into this book and it's relatively other than a few references to Judgment Day, relatively new reader friendly. Mm-hmm. I uh I had a similar response to it. I think I might have enjoyed it a little bit more than you did. My, I get so frustrated when the comics emulate the movies as much as they do. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that bugged me because the one of the big exciting things about a new run on the Avengers is the recruitment, right? And she didn't. And so, you know, Captain Marvel becomes, you know, head of the Avengers and she it's it's like she looked at her Disney plus uh, <laughs> timeline and said, oh, well, I'll just recruit these guys, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, and that that I found a little frustrating um, because, you know, so many of these characters were in the Jason Aaron run. Yeah. You know, the idea of picking your new roster is refreshing the Avengers and so that's what I what I found a little frustrating about this is that it's not really a new a very new mix. I mean, when you when you've got Iron Man and Thor and the Vision and the Scarlet Witch and Black Panther on your team, you're not really making something new, right? No. Um, I I would have liked to. I mean, I, I like that there is some tradition in the roster, but. The roster is super traditional here. I mean, really, the only the only character who is sort of out of left field is Sam Wilson as Captain America. Yeah. Uh, And while I did enjoy the bit where you had Captain Marvel and the two Captain Americas and they're all calling each other Cap, I thought that was a funny bit. Yeah. Um, But the rest of it, I was just like, you know, I'm really just not jazzed about this roster. Um, it, it just it just seems a little bit too much like what we've already seen. It seems a little overly influenced by Disney streaming and uh, the Marvel movies. Uh, what I did enjoy about this book is the uh, end page that where uh, uh, the writer talks about his Avengers influences and he talks about being a kid and reading his dad's comics and you know how those you know old comics really you know drove sort of his 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 taste in what the Avengers are. And he talks about how the Avengers aren't cops, you know, and how, you know, previous iterations have been that they're cops. And he's like, no, they're not. They're 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 more like firemen. They're first responders. You know, they are they're they're in there. They're taking care of it because they're the only ones who can. But they're not going to, you know, bring people to justice. They're going to handle what needs to be handled. And And I like that take on it. I wish this book had reflected more of that. Yeah, agreed. So, so yeah, I don't think I'm probably going to be in on Avengers number two. I don't think so either. It was fine. It was a, it yeah. was a fine book. <clears throat> I don't really have any, you know, it's not like anything. I, it's not like I disliked anything. Uh-huh. It was just basically, you know, it's it's a paint by numbers. <laughs> yeah. Nothing new, um, you know. So it like you, unless something, you know, unless 
I don't know, I hear something otherwise, or there's some storyline that I'm interested in. I'm, I think I'm, I'm good. Not, not following this iteration of the Avengers. It'll reset in a year and a half anyway. That's well, right. I don't know. You know, the, the Jason Aaron was on it for a long time. So we'll see if, if uh, Jeb McKay has a, a long term plan. Well, you know, there were a number of number ones this week. And our second number one uh, was uh, Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. Yes. One. So I didn't read this. Um, I'm curious what uh, you and Wayne thought, Paul. You know, what drew me into this was Howard Mackey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe he's written other Ghost Rider books, but. You know, Marvel has really embraced us 90s fans lately yes. with the Ron Mars Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock. And there was an X, there's an X-Men book, I think, for a while. And and this is very much within that that same context. Now, some of them don't work out great, like the new Fantastic Four book that we were all excited about by Peter David um, that ended up being garbage. But mm-hmm. this one, I was, you know, you brought in Howard Mackey, you brought in the original you know, writer of Danny Ketch. Um, obviously, it's not like they brought back, uh, was it Mark Texiera for art? Uh, they, they have a, a different art style on this, but I, I have no qualms about the art, I'll, I'll say. Um, yeah, this entire book just looks and feels 90s. It does. And it's very much set in the Spirits of Vengeance era of, of Ghost Rider. So Danny Ketch. I cannot tell you how happy it made me to see Johnny Blaze with the Hellfire shotgun. With the Hellfire shotgun. That yep. is my era of Johnny Blaze. I loved the Spirits of Vengeance when it was the two of them together. And he didn't turn into Ghost Rider. He just had a Hellfire shotgun. Yeah. And for what it's worth, this book reads very much like a book from that era. Um, for all for all the good and bad that comes with it. But for me, it was, it was just good. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this book. Just, I mean, again, it's not, it's, it's not going to change the world. It's not like I turned it down. I'm like, holy shit. It's not like there's any holy shit moments in it, but it feels like I'm reading a book that I read back in the late nineties. Um, you know, that, that, that was in that whole midnight suns era of, of yeah. these Marvel supernatural characters. I made a comment when uh, you bought the book and I hadn't bought it yet that I didn't think I would ever read another good Danny catch ghostwriter book. And reading this, it just felt like reading that era again. All of the things I loved about that era that are gone now were back in one book. So it's nothing spectacular happened, like you said. Not a big story, not a deep story. But it took me back to that time when I loved this book so much. And yeah, I'm on board for the rest of the miniseries. Me too, me too. Um, It's... uh, it's 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 again, it's kind of like that Ron Mars book in that what it does, it's not changing the landscape of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's trying to tell a story in an era that reeks of the nostalgia for people who who appreciated that era of comics. And it does it well. So like you, Wayne, I, I think I'm on board for this miniseries. It, it was a strong start. I, I wish they brought in Mark Texiera. I don't even know if Mark Texiera is still doing art. Um but it would have been great to see a cover or something by him. But regardless, fun book. So, Aaron, I would recommend it for you. All right. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I was curious as to what you guys were going to think of it. You guys are much bigger Ghost Rider fans than I am. So uh, I wanted I wanted to send the my two canaries into the coal mine <laughs> before I, uh, you know, check that one out. But, Paul. Yes, sir. I checked out Titans number one. Yeah. This week. I, uh, I got to tell you, I really wanted to like this book. Me too. 
Um, I love Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor has won the Funny Books Writer of the Year multiple years. Um, I, I, you know, he, I, I like his regular DC work like Nightwing and and John Kemp Superman. I like his alternate universe stuff like Injustice and Dark Knights of Steel and um, Deceased. Like I love Tom Taylor, but for some reason. I cannot connect with the way Tom Taylor writes the Titans. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's been these last few issues of Nightwing, too. And I thought, well, you know, maybe that's just, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got his training wheels on. He's trying to figure it out. It feels like he's still figuring it out um, in this first issue of Titans. See, I've, I had a much more positive view of this book than you guys. I went into it buying it thinking, I'm going to hate this book <laughs> because I have not liked what he's done with the Titans in Nightwing lately. So I went in with very low expectations, and it easily exceeded my expectations. I enjoyed the book and didn't hate it. It wasn't spectacular or anything, but I enjoyed it enough I'm giving it a second issue. I do love that we're, you know, every book we're talking about today, it's like, well, it was okay. It didn't change the yeah. world, but it was okay. Um, this one, yeah, I mean, I, 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 can, I see your point, Wayne. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I went in with too high of an expectations. And I, I tried not to, because again, I haven't liked Tom Taylor's Nightwing um, stuff that's based on the Titans, but I don't know, like this book just didn't, didn't grab me in the same way that obviously Jeff Johns, um, you know, can write the yeah. Titans. Yeah. But I, I, I do me. not, I do not care for this characterization of Raven. I don't like it one little bit. Uh, it, it just, it just doesn't seem correct to me. I do. I'm having issues with Gar as well, Uh, you know, the changeling. I just, boy, I I don't like that he is continuing to be afflicted by this trauma that he endured from prior stories and that he's, you know, sleep changing and whatnot. There is... uh, (laughs) The funny thing is, Aaron, everything you disliked was everything I really enjoyed in the book. And I agree. It does not seem like a raven we've seen before. But it feels like growth for Raven and Gar to me. You know, I, I don't disagree that it, it that it seems like growth, but it doesn't seem like growth. It doesn't feel like they have grown organically to this place. It, well, and I think that's and sorry, Aaron, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And so I, I just want to interject here. I feel like all the growth happened off screen. Yeah. And that's that's part of my issue with it. Like, I feel like whatever happened with um aqualad whatever happened with raven and it obviously it's not like i've been reading any of the, these characters for a while same so, same i mean know, it so could maybe, have happened in, in a previous story that i Tempest, didn't see i guess i should yeah. say yeah but yeah, yeah i i almost didn't buy the book because i like I, said, I really have not enjoyed what they've done over in nightwing in the last few issues but i read the preview pages that showed that beginning with raven and beast boy in bed and that's what sold me on the book with those pages. Well, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, and maybe this is something a little sacrilegious to say here on this uh, podcast. Here we go. I'm not the biggest Teen Titans fan to begin with. Um, shut your shut your mouth. <laughs> the, the Teen Titans that have, have you know the Teen Titans that actually connected with me have have been the Jeff Johns Teen Titans. Yeah. Outside of that, I, I you know it's not my my favorite. You know, team, it's never been my favorite comic. And I understand, you know, Marv Wolfman and stuff like that. Like, I get it. I understand the 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 fandom. 
it's just never been my yeah. jam as much. Well, well, Wolfman and Perez was certainly my Titans, but also the Jeff Johns books were also my Titans. I yeah. thought all of that progressed organically. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's something about Tom Taylor's take on the Titans, Tom Taylor's take on the Titans. Uh, less a lot of teas. Um, there's something about it that just seems off and forced. And I'm just I'm, it's not gelling with me now. I'm going to come back for issue number two because there was an, there was enough here that I liked versus my Avengers experience. There's enough here that I like that I want to see where it's going. And I've got faith in Tom Taylor. But it just this one did not was not a knockout punch for me. Yeah, yeah. I will say my Titans was the cartoon Teen Titans. Uh, I, I get it. You, That's a lot of people. Teen Titans. When you say cartoon Teen Titans, are, are we talking uh, Teen Titans Go? Not the because they they did Teen Titans, then they did Teen Titans Go, which mm-hmm. became even more animated and cartoony and just lost me. Like they ruined what was a good cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, my Teen Titans is is definitely the Jeff Johns Teen Titans. That's yeah. the run. You know, while I certainly again I do like the Wolfman and Perez stuff, then maybe it's just one of those types of teams that has been done when they're done right, it excels. When they're not done right, it's like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Um, you know, and and Jeff Johns was the last run on any Titans book that connected with me. And there's been a shit ton since. There was the Judd Winnick one. Um, I think that was the first time they actually just called them the Titans. Like, there's been a number of Teen Titans books. Oh, I did like since. the Judd Winnick book. The Judd Winnick book was really good. See, I didn't. I didn't care for it as I much. Did. Yeah, I forgot but, about Jed Winnick. But I'm I'm definitely going to give it another shot. Um, if 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 there's one benefit that comes out of this, if this book ends up not being good, my hope for it is that it removes the Titan storylines from Nightwing, so Nightwing can focus on solo adventures again um, and get that book back on track for me. I hope I, so. I want to say one more thing about Titans before we jump off. The whole point of this this volume of Titans by Tom Taylor is that they are replacing the Justice League. You know, the Justice League said, "Hey, we're gonna, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman." You know, all of the old regulars say, hey, we're going to step aside and take care of some other business. We're going to leave it to you, Dick Grayson, to run the Justice League. And Dick Grayson says, great, I'm not going to run the Justice League, though. I'm going to run the Titans. I, I don't see that one is equivalent to the other. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a false equivalency that they've given us. And I know that, that DC is trying to say, hey, Titans are just as cool as the Justice League. But but I got a clue for you. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And, it's you know, not nearly as cool as the Justice League. And quite frankly, when it comes to these characters, for me, it's all about Wally West, Donna, and Dick. Yeah. Like the rest of them, you could you could swap out any of the rest of them. You could throw. Yeah. I mean, I know Connor Kent is in a weird space right now, and I get it. Yeah. They're trying to revisit that nostalgia. I get mm. it. It's just you know. I know. I think we're. I'm I'm beating a dead horse and saying. Yeah book's fine it didn't <laughs> knock my socks off yeah um on the flip side though and I, I feel like we're gonna have some interesting commentary on on our last book today here we go our fourth number one our fourth number one. we have talked about nothing but number ones today um we're number one Woo! Woo! um batman the brave and the bold mm-hmm. the cover really is not the right cover for this book you knew it it's it's kind of an odd choice Considering this book is, you know, the main feature of this book is a Tom King, Mitch Jarrods, 
um, Batman Joker story set, I think, within you know year one of, of Batman's career. And that's the main focus of the book, which is a totally different vibe than the, you know, fun Simone DeMeo Batman leaping out of the Batwing and, and throwing a Batarang futuristic neon Akira looking cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of an odd choice. But, you know, as of I will tell you guys, as of yesterday, I had only read the Tom King, Mitch Jarrett's thing. And I'm like, eh, I'm not going to read the rest of the stories in this book. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because I enjoyed every story in this book. <laughs> wow. I did. Because I only liked one story in the book really? and I hated the rest. And the one story was a Superman story. The Superman one was solid, I thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. I with the first story, the big Joker one, it answers a very important question. Can you make the Joker and one of the most interesting stories about the Joker boring? And apparently the answer is yes, you can. <laughs> so I, this is should love this story and it is boring as can be it is creepy but just the way this is told and decompressed is not good i'm curious aaron what you think i you know i liked the tom king story um but first let's just say this is a big ass book i mean it's, it is what, it's 70? an eight dollar book which surprised the shit out of me yeah it's a <laughs> 70 page book all with first run stories you know there it is was not so long ago that there would have been at least one reprint in a book this size, but uh, I, I so number one, hats off DC Comics. There's a there's a lot of of uh, new stuff here, and it's all new stuff here, and it's all by top talent. Um, I I feel like DC Comics is trying to make Stormwatch happen. Um, I, yeah. I they they keep running hard at it, and they look Storm, we've got Stormwatch, and it's cool. And while I'll agree. That the artwork by uh, Jeff Spokes is gorgeous. The story by Ed Brisson <laughs> could care less. I yeah, mean, I, I, re- the I read the same way about Stormwatch, but I was I was like, because I saw Doctor Bones or whatever Director I Bones. Love, as, I love I love Director Bones. I know, but he's associated with Stormwatch, and so I was turning the page. I'm like, fuck, this is going to yeah. be like a checkmate or yeah. Stormwatch thing. But I will say, you know, for what it's worth, I didn't mind the story. It is the weakest of the four for me. Mm-hmm. Just by, by nature of the characters, um, but I, I mean, I, I thought I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree that the uh, Christopher Cantwell, Javier Rodriguez, uh, Superman, Order of the Black Lamp story was terrific. I thought that was a great Superman story. What did you um, think of the art of that one, though? Aaron? I love Javier Rodriguez. I, I, I love yeah. I love that artwork. I love his. I style. love the art, the characters, but I noticed, and this is probably a choice versus a laziness thing. A lot of the backgrounds are just not there. I think that's his artistic style. Yeah, I will say. Yeah. And now that you mentioned, and maybe, it, yeah, I think he he is definitely a minimalist mm-hmm. when it comes to his art style to focus on the characters. Because um, I remember that with his stuff with Dan Slott on Spider-Man, too. Right. Yeah. It felt like a really good art style for the story being told, though. It feels very retro. Yeah, very much a Superman for all seasons kind of style. Yeah, you know, I would say. I, yeah, I, I, I dug it. I, you know, it's it, there. I love the the use of color on the pages. I thought it you know, it set a really terrific mood. Um, I, I dug it. And that was really good. And, you know, anytime I've got an opportunity to look at Dan Moore art, I'm happy. So, I, you know, I feel like all of the stories were solid here. I'm not much of an anthology guy, though. Yeah. I, you know, because 
each writer, each artist will set their own tone and it can be jarring, uh, you know, transitioning into that other story. And I, and I wonder, Paul, if your slower approach to, to consuming this book didn't help you in your enjoyment of the book. I would say uh, probably I would, you know, for, 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 especially for an anthology book of this size, uh-huh. it would be one thing if it was a, you know, a 32 page comic with like a 20 page main story and a backup. Yeah. But, you know, in, in this where we're two of the, where, you know, some of them are almost literally comic length stories because your average comic is 20 pages now. Right. And then a 70 page book, yeah. like you're almost getting four comic size yeah. things. I almost recommend taking a break, like read this, read something else or step away, come back, read the second part. You know, I, I feel like that definitely helped my enjoyment of it because I almost read it as four separate books because um, they are very much four separate. You know, yeah. there's nothing connected. There's no artistic interpretation. There's no theme. It is literally like, here's your Batman anthology book. The the uh, final story is both written and drawn by Dan Mora. And it's gorgeous. And I did not know that Dan Mora – this may be the first thing I've read by Dan Mora. As I would say the same, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't recall him being a writer. Now, the one thing that I will say about it is that they chose to publish it in grayscale. Uh-huh. I really would have liked to see this in color. Yeah. Um, I feel like this – you know, kind of going back to the – I guess this is the one that would be more inspired by the cover of the book. Mm-hmm. Seeing some, you know, neon Gotham, you know, Batman Beyond-esque – coloring in this final uh, book or this final story, I feel like would have really benefited it mm-hmm. or maybe, I don't know, maybe it would have detracted from you, you seeing all the details of Dan Moore's art, but that dude does a lot of shit. He writes, I mean, yeah. he draws a lot of, he, he draws at least two monthly comics yeah. for DC. He's, he has become rather prolific. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I, I think this is a solid book. I, I do think I would have enjoyed it more had I taken a break between each of the stories instead of reading it all in one sitting. Uh, because I found that by the time, even as much as I was enjoying the the artwork by Dan Mora at the end of the book, I had got grown fatigued. Uh, you know, switching gears and all of these different stories. And you know, it it is surprising. You know, it's called Batman: Brave and the Bold. And while Batman is mentioned in the Superman story and, you know, one of his, you know, Bat family is in the Stormwatch story. Batman is not at the center of all of these stories. In fact, you know, he is he is sharing the screen almost as a supporting character in the main story uh, by Tom King in this issue. Um, So even in the Superman one. Right. I mean, he's mentioned, you know, uh, Lois, Lois mentions Bruce right in that story. But, you know, you you don't see him there. So, you know, I think that there is there is some misbranding going on here. It's intentional for the sales. Right. Well, but and, you know, Batman Brave and the Bold has a long storied history uh, within, you know, the DC Comics uh, publications. Yeah. You know, it used to be a team up book, right? It was always Batman and another hero or a villain that he'd have to team up with. You know, some of my favorites were, you know, Batman and Sergeant Rock, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Sergeant Rock would be a recurring character in, in the Batman uh, Brave and the Bold run. Uh, I always enjoyed those, you know, because it was it was like it was like a Spider-Man Marvel team up. But with Batman, uh, it was great. I loved it. I I didn't read anything about this book. Other than when I saw the cover Batman Brave and the Bold, I'm like, oh, I'm getting that. Um, and so I was a little surprised to find that not only was it an anthology series, but it wasn't a team up book. Yeah. Um, 
Which is, you know, it, it is, to your point, a bit of misbranding there. It, I, I didn't I, know that it was going to be the Tom King um, book. I didn't know that going in. Yeah. But I will tell you, I thought that was going to be it. Yeah. I did not know it was going to be an anthology book when I picked it up. I uh, would have liked, you know, we got four pretty big stories in this in this book. I would have liked one of them to have been a team up. You know, yeah. Batman running around Gotham with with one of his buddies. You know, I would have enjoyed you know that that little bit, and and I I would like to I would like for that to be part of the ongoing run of this run of Brave and the Bold. But that said, I thought it was good. I'd recommend it. I mean, it's it's a hefty price, but it, I th- I think it was uh, well spent. I, will, I only I enjoyed that. one story in it, and I am out because I really dislike this book. Dang. Yeah, I'm definitely on. I definitely yeah. I, I, I will say because I'm assuming these will probably go through issue three or four. I don't know how long mm-hmm. the these tales are going to be, but I'll I'll stick on for at least the end of the Tom King book. Mm-hmm. Same. But hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of Tom Taylor, the next issue of Nightwing, Nightwing issue 104 um, comes out now. Of, of course, like we mentioned, this is still in the thick of the Teen Titans go to hell to save the the kid's soul, um, Olivia's soul storyline. So we're still kind of within the thick of things on that storyline. Um, also from DC Comics, we get the newest issues of Action Comics, issue 1055, um, Green Arrow, issue 2. Did anyone pick up Green, Ash, Green Arrow, issue 1, or was it just me? I think I picked it up and I haven't read it. Okay, give it a read. Not. Give it a read. And, we'll t- and if we don't talk about Green Arrow, issue 2 next <laughs> week, you know we didn't care for it. Um, also, the, the next issue of Justice League of America, uh, just or excuse me, Justice Society of America, Justice Society of America issue four finally comes out. Um, that book really needs to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third issue of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. So that's from DC Comics. From Marvel, we have the second issue of Warlock Rebirth uh, from Ron Mars and Ron Lim. Oh, very exciting. We get the newest issue, Thor issue 34, featuring Thor, Doctor Doom and Thanos all in the same book. You know you need all three. I know. And, you know, the the frustrating thing is I feel like – because I know that book is wrapping up because they are relaunching with a new number number one of Thor in August. And you've got Doctor Doom, Thor, and Thanos. But I've been out of this book for a while. So i I got to ponder that one a little bit, Aaron. got to think about it. Do you need me to sit down with you and kind of summarize what's happened? Yes. Okay. Just call me. Call me when I go to bed. Yeah. And give you an overview of, yeah. of Thor. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and an interesting book from Image Comics, Supermassive, uh, issue one, which is a one shot, a 50 page one shot crossover event um, connecting the Kyle Higgins massive verse. So Radiant Black, Rogue Sun, The Dead Lucky. Um, it's kind of like a crossover of, of all the Kyle Higgins books. And, you know, I haven't been picking up those books, but they're ones that I'm interested in reading. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this may be, you know, I may pick this one up because I'm hoping it'll, like, be a good entry point into that universe. So is that is that all the books, Paul? That's everything. That's yeah, everything. Okay. I just want to make sure. I didn't want to cut you off. I, I can't afford any more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, this week was punishing. I know we only talked about four number ones, but I think I had 12 books this week. Yeah. Well, hey, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, what you thought about Guardians of the Galaxy, what you're excited about this summer. Give us a call, 682-800-3494. That number, once again, 682-800-3494. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, I-O-M-Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 
What a deal. I, I, you know, I am excited for the soon to be announced MCU Cosmo movie, you know, where it's just all good dog all the time. Any day uh, now, Aaron. Any yeah, day. It's going to happen. Who's a good boy? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I, I am excited to uh, to uh, see that. That's going to happen. I know see, it's gonna that's happen. the crossover we really need. We've had yeah. all of these Marvel DC crossovers. We need a Crypto Cosmo crossover. I, I, me. I, I'm totally there. I am totally there. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down. And, and uh, Streaky, the super cat. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.